Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Parenting with Impact podcast. Today, we are thrilled to be talking with Heather Rogers, who is uh, in charge of one of one of the resources many of you probably already know about, it's called Time Timer, and we are going to be talking about time and particularly how time messes with those of us with complex kids. So Heather, we are so glad to have you. Um, I guess I want to introduce you by saying we met Heather in some ways through Time Timer, but in other ways, because Heather is also the mom of some complex kids, right? And so we have a relationship with you because Time Timer is one of those resources that any parent of a kid with you know ADD or executive function probably knows about or needs to know about. But also, I remember meeting, I think it was your your mom or your mother-in-law at a conference a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, my mother-in-law, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? That was our first meeting of Time Time, but that was many years ago. And then more recently, you know, you've joined us as a member of our community, like getting support for yourself as a parent of, of complex kids. So, yeah. Yeah. So, talk- Heather, I think if you can jump in by talking a little bit about what you do to support families of complex kids and how you ended up in well, this And how work. you got there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, how I ended up. <laughs> so, well, the story of Time Timer, where I work, is really interesting. My mother-in-law, Jan Rogers, invented the Time Timer over 25 years ago because her youngest child was so frustrated by time. Not only was she late for you know soccer practice, missed the bus, all of those sorts of things, she was really frustrated that she couldn't manage better than she did. And she didn't like figuring time out was really hard for. Uh, So Jan tried everything, you know, the kitchen timer, the microwave timer, you know, watch two more cartoons and then put your shoes on and time. All those strategies like failed. And Jan had the brilliant realization that if she could just show what time looks like as it's going away, it might help her daughter better understand. And so that was the beginning of the company um, over 25 years ago. And, you know, fast forward 12 years ago, my husband and I moved to Cincinnati to help her uh, continue to grow the company because at that point, you know, the need for a product like that was clear and the company yeah. was growing. Uh, and so here I am today standing on Jan's shoulders, helping to con- continue the work that she started. That's so awesome. It's a very interesting kind of family business, right? To be part of. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And so there must be lots of conversations about time in, in your home and at your dinner table. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what have you learned about managing awareness of engagement with time, particularly when you're dealing with families where time is a challenging issue? 
Uh, probably the number one thing is that I learned that time is an abstract concept. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I often say in my world that there's two time zones, not zones. There's two times. There's now and there's not now. Right. With my kids, that's it. <laughs> exactly. So it's a really hard concept to grasp. Even if you have, you know, an analog clock that you're looking at, like the passage of time is not intuitive when you're looking at that, or even a digital timer that, you know, some people, it's just harder than others to grasp that. And it's not, if you're a complex person, it might be harder, but like, everyone has to deal with time. There's, there's no escaping it and you can never get it back when it's gone. So it's, it's this challenge, this daily minute to minute challenge that everyone has to deal with. Well, and there's so many different facets to it. It's, it's time awareness, being aware of the passage of time. It's time estimation, being able to guesstimate how long it's going to take to do something. It's sequencing to make sure that you have enough time to get things done. I mean, there's all of these components to it, which require a lot of executive function, which make things Mm -hmm. really difficult for these kids. So what are some of the key challenges that you're seeing as you talk with parents who are struggling with time generally? All the routines, like the morning routine, getting out of the door in the morning with everything you need (laughs) to make it through the day, eating dinner, some kids really eat slowly and it's this never ending, you know, process, you know, getting homework done, getting reading done, you know, younger kids in elementary school have to read for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour every night. How do you keep track of that? You know, and homework, did I say homework, homework, music lessons? Yeah, but it bears saying it again, really. (laughs) (laughs) That long showers. I hear that a lot. lot. My kid gets in the shower and he takes a week, you know, instead of We've only yeah. got 15 minutes scheduled for the shower and he's in there forever. Or she's and like, all the hot water. I got to time my showers in the morning so I don't have a cold one. That's, yeah. that's right. That's probably true. Yeah, there's so, so many different issues. And the other thing that comes up to me about it is that it brings up a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. right? Because there's oh, yeah. time is this abstract concept, but then how we feel about it, about, you know, I was going someplace with my husband this morning. And we were about five minutes late, which means we were right on time. And because everybody else was five minutes late too, we actually were going to a meeting out of the house. And his response was, I hate being late. I'm like, I know you do, honey. You know, like it really is frustrating for him. And for me, it doesn't bother me, right? So there's emotion built in here. Well, and yeah, a lot of- that's a great example. Because one of the things I've learned, you know, talking to the parents and educators who use time timers that people experience the passage of time very differently. It might Mm -hmm. be very enjoyable for one person, but it might be, you know, incredibly boring or stressful for the other. And those, the perception of the passage of that same amount of time is very different, even though time is passing at a constant rate. So there's this whole emotional component to it. Like you said, Elaine. Yeah. Well, and the other piece that's coming up for me is that there's a lot of us have high values around promptness that either, from our parents, which mine used to be, and and those sorts of things, or there are things that we've developed. I mean, I, how many people do you know that say, well, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're out of luck. You know, Successful the- people are always never rushing and always on time, right? Yeah, so absolutely. what do you want parents of complex kids to understand better? What do we need as parents to understand better about our kids? What are we missing about time in our kids? I think it's just this realization that your perception of the passage of time is not necessarily theirs. Say that again, because it's really, it's 
you as a parent, your perception of the passage of time is not necessarily your child's perception. They can be very different. Yeah. And as I hear you say that, I know a lot of parents who are going to hear it and go, but they're wrong. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they don't understand how much or, time it takes to, or they don't like, but we still got to get to school on time. Yeah. As I say, they got to develop the skill, right? It's just sort of, is it really about a skill or is it really just perception? And is it something that can be changed? You know, it's really, it's both. There, two people can perceive the exact same thing differently. And people can, with the right supports, you know, and practice can better manage their time. Yeah. So it's, you can't get, a, like I, I was saying earlier, you can't get away from time. You're going to have to deal with it. So what do you need to be successful with it? I, this is a weird segue. So pull me back if I take us too far off. But I was just remembering when I first started coaching, one of the things I was really frustrated about was always being late. Five minutes in my mind isn't exactly late, but really late. And I would get frustrated and I wanted to stop it. And then I started noticing myself making excuses. And so I made a commitment to myself for a period of time that when I was late, I was going to walk in and I was going to take responsibility for it. And I wasn't going to say there was a car parked in the driveway or I was behind a slow truck or I missed all the lights. I was going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't allow enough time to, to get here on time. And it forced me to change. It actually got me to change my relationship with time because I didn't want to be embarrassed, mm -hmm. but I called myself on the carpet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think having an intention with your time is really important to kind of, it kind of makes you accountable to yourself. And then, well, the other thing I've learned in the program is you be accountable to yourself, but when you don't get it right, forgive yourself and move on and try again or your child. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that that's the piece of it. The other thing I'm thinking about is own it, but also know what your strengths are and what your challenges are. It's like this sort of, if you know, if your child knows, Hey, I'm really not very great at estimating time. I mean, I have two adult men in my life with ADHD and one of them's really bad at estimating how long something's going to take. And so we came up with a system that he could use to figure out how to estimate better. And the other one always, you know, had is always uh, late for certain types of things. Right. And it's just sort of, he understands that that's what's going on always early for work stuff, but always not so early on other stuff. Right. And it's mm -hmm. just sort of, but if he knows, if you know that that's what your challenge is again, without judgment, like you were saying, Heather, keep trying different things to accommodate it. It's not about fixing it. It's about accommodating it. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's really what strategies, systems and strategies are all about is recognizing here's the problem I'm trying to address. Here's the, the thing that's interfering. What do I do to help myself be more successful with it? Right. And whether it's, it's time timer or something else, it's the notion is how do you know when what I need here is some structure to support this? Exactly. And that's where I keep going uh, with my daughter who has ADHD and distraction is her challenge with it. I needed to work on making sure that I remember to sit down with her every afternoon after school, usually evening, and look through her homework assignments, help her plan the day, the week, look ahead, all of those sorts of things to make sure that she practiced that. And we, we got there, like eventually happened where she was more proactive and managing it better on her own. So it was, but I had to create a structure first to support her in that. Right. Well, and so that's, that's kind of my next question is that what are the things that parents can do to have an impact on their kids and helping them to be aware of their time challenges and to 
adjust or accommodate or, or help or whatever it is we most need to do? Well, I think that's where time timer can be a support because the way that time timer works, it's visual. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to know how to tell time. You don't know, you don't have to do mental math about how much time is remaining. You can just look at it and it's intuitive. So if you set it for a half hour for like your time remaining to get out the door, then that kind of helps you see when you have a half hour and when time goes away and when there's less time available. So let's step back for a minute. Let's talk a little bit about buy-in. Because one of the things, you know, when you referenced the program before, the program you're talking about is Sanity School, right? Mm -hmm. And I know you've been an active member in Sanity School. And one of the things we talk about in that program is how to use systems and structures effectively. So you don't start with putting a system in place. You start by building the relationship, having connection with your kid, as you're describing, that it took a while to get to that point where she was taking ownership of it. So talk a little bit about how do you talk to parents or how have you done it yourself around getting the buy-in to engaging them in a process in the first place? Well, you know, it starts with a conversation. The phrase from the program that really resonates with me is curious, not furious. Mm -hmm. A common conversation in my home is, well, why didn't you unload the dishwasher? (laughs) (laughs) And she inevitably ran out of time. Uh, (laughs) Right. But it's good. There's an answer to the question, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So an understanding where the challenges are and not being angry about it, the stuff Mm -hmm. that's hard, you know, just because it seems obvious to me doesn't mean it's obvious or easy for my child to deal with what I'm asking about. Um, And it all kind of builds because when I don't get angry about, you know, a chore being done or not, and that helps our relationship as well. So, you know, it's kind of two wins there. Well, and the thing that came up for me as you were talking about the time timer as an example, Heather, is you know, it's not about the system or structure until you really understand what's going on. And so that curiosity is, what is it that makes it hard for my kid? Is it about time awareness? And so we need a solution like a time timer. Is it about distractibility? And so I don't care how many time timers you've got in somebody's room or or alarms or whatever else, if if you don't have a way to get their attention, you know, you're, you're going to have a hard time using a time timer because they aren't even going to see it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, you've got to really understand from an executive function perspective, what's going on underneath it and then decide, get the buy-in and then figure out kind of what's the system or structure we want to use. Well, what's coming up as I hear you say that Diane is really what you're saying is first, you got to take aim. You got to get very clear on what's the challenge you're trying to solve right. before you put a solution in place. Right. It's the challenge is not, I want to get my kid to use a time timer. Right. The challenge is my kid gets lost when they're doing X, Y, and Z. And, and I want them downstairs of, by 7.30 for breakfast right, <laughs> or whatever, right? Or this needs to get done or that needs to get done. Mm-hmm. And I have two daughters and they both need different strategies. Yeah. So it's that always, like I relearn that constantly. (laughs) What works for one doesn't work for the other necessarily. Well, and and it's really great when you can collaboratively find something with them that works for them. I was thinking about a strategy when my kids were little, they got really younger, not little, but younger. They got tired of us telling them, you know, it's time to get downstairs for breakfast before school. So everybody was getting frustrated by being reminded about time in the mornings. And and so we sat down and had a family meeting and talked about it. And and what we agreed to as a family that would kind of meet everybody's needs was that David would come out at a certain time in the morning. I can't remember exactly what time 
anymore. And he would give us a weather report. So while everybody was getting dressed, they would get a weather report. So they'd know whether wear short sleeves or long sleeves or whatever. But they also knew that meant it was a certain time. And that meant they only had, you know, 10 minutes or what, whatever it was left to make it downstairs for breakfast. So it wasn't us saying to them, you're running out of time. And it wasn't us saying to them, you only have 10 minutes. But it was a structure that gave them what they need without making them feel mm-hmm. bad about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing that's coming up as you're saying that is that a lot of these kids not only have challenges with time awareness, some of them have challenges with anxiety, right? And it's just sort of the system or structure that they have in place, whether it's a timer or a time timer or a weather report, like you were just saying, part of what you need to pay attention to is will the system make it harder for the kids because they're going to get nervous about, oh my gosh, I've only got five minutes versus I've got plenty of, you know, kind of helping that reassure them that they have time and maneuver them through the morning if they're struggling with anxiety. Yeah, it just depends on your kid. So I had one kid who that would have, we used to use William Tell's overture, you know, that like they do when they clear the bases at the baseball game. There's only seven minutes to clear the bases and everybody loved it. Well, one kid used that to get dressed in the morning and the other kid would have freaked her out. So it just kind of depends on really. So what I hear you saying, Heather, is really knowing what your child's temperament is about time and understanding Mm -hmm. how they relate to time. Yes, exactly. So, um, so is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners or something you hope parents will take away from today? Ah, really just when I think about it, you know, time is such a hard thing for everybody. But at the end of the day, what's really most important is your relationship with your child. And so, you know, I just encourage everyone to keep that in perspective and at at top of mind, you're going to be late. It's going to happen. Yep. Things are going to get lost. It's going to happen. But your child is the most important person to you know cherish with the time that you have with them. Yeah. Well, and I think the other piece of it is, um, you know, kind of we've always talked about this in a lot of our podcasts, but, you know, that putting that relationship first is what you're saying. And then the other piece of it that we teach is something we call rinsing and repeating, right? It's just sort of not expecting one solution to work all the time or not expecting one solution to work perfectly. The first time. time. Exactly. And really kind of noticing what is working, what isn't working. Did I cause more anxiety? Did I cause less anxiety? What worked about this? I mean, all of that sort of dynamic looking at the situation. And the reality is that, you know, whatever your solution is or whatever you're working through, it may work for a while. And then when they get a little older, it may stop working or it, you know, it's so be aware of the fact that the solutions and the challenges you're seeing may change over time. And that relationship you're talking about, Heather, is that steady foundation that's going to enable you to problem solve with your kids and come up with new solutions. Yeah. So Heather, tell people how they can get in touch with you. And I know we're going to have all the information in the show notes, but just tell them a little bit about Time Timer. And I'm going to model one of my Time Timers, the, the, one of the ones that sits on my desk as an example. But you know, what's available for people at Time Timer? So Time Timer, uh, you can find us at timetimer.com. That's just how it sounds, T-I-M-E, T-I-M-E-R.com. Or the, uh, and again, there'll be a link in the notes below. Yeah. So go ahead and just link from there. And, you know, and you can also find us at, you know, any school supply stores, all, you know, we're, we're available online, every, you know, online marketplaces everywhere that you would care to look. So it's 
What else? There are, there's a variety of different kinds of time timers, different shapes, different sizes for different. Yeah. Things. So go check yeah. it out. Click the link below <laughs> and see what's there and see whether it's a good fit for your family. And the thing I would advise is based on this conversation is to do it collaboratively with your kid. Don't come in and say, okay, now you're going to use this. But explore it with your kid, let them see it and ask them if how they think it might be helpful for them before you dive into solution. Let them pick what color. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so as a fun wrap up, Heather, we'd love for you to share a favorite quote or a motto or something that you take to heart that you would share with our audience. I'm very fond of saying indecision is a decision. Huh? Ooh. <laughs> Indecision is a decision. You're always a choice. That's right. You always have a choice. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much, Heather, for being here with us. And thank you all for joining us on the podcast today. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.